friend. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. This is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. said, hey, could you play some Xanadu? I know that uh, that's also a, uh, a favorite of uh, Wayne from Ohio. There you go. 639-4900. That's the Baker team hotline. We aim to please here on the, on the program. Text line 744-2990. Tim Thomas joins us at 8.35. Yeah, if you're one of the peepettes that are listening that you chime in for a request, the chances that your request is going to be met on the show is about 97%. <laughs> Just because I think it's cool. But yeah, this is a, uh, a visually pleasing video. That's better, better be all I say so, you know, I don't get canceled. <clears throat> all right. Stick and ball sports got underway. Of course, we had Alex Guerra in studio, Radford's baseball coach, and Highlanders go out. They drop the first game, and then they win Saturday, Sunday to take home the first series. Congratulations to Coach Guerra and the staff and the team. Awesome. Big RBI day yesterday. Lots of runs being scored. Good pitching. The vibe around the Radford program, a complete 180. Looking forward to getting out to the ballpark after the uh, 
baseball season, I mean, I'm sorry, after the uh, basketball season, which I hope extends a lot further, but just saying. And the uh, Tech baseball team went down to Charleston. Same result, right? They lost the first game. They rallied. Sticks came out on Saturday and Sunday. And Coach Chef's squad won two or three. That's a good start. Charleston's a good program. I think winning two out of three is exactly where you want to be, right? Good stuff from both baseball and Virginia Tech and Radford. Now, Tech softball, let's just say it, um, they didn't have a great weekend. Um, They were playing some top-level competition, and um, they didn't necessarily have it go their way down in Clearwater. After they got off to the great start against the likes of UNC Wilmington and East Carolina, they lost uh, to Oklahoma State. They did beat Nebraska. Then they lost to UCLA and Arizona. They rallied to beat South Florida. Now, these are the types of games that's going to make them better. But let's be honest, it's a little different this year in the circle for them. I mean, you lose, well, you lose arguably the greatest pitcher to ever take the field in Blacksburg. Arguably. Angela Tincher may have something to say about that, but it's not just something that's going to automatically fill in place. But the bottom line is, too, the benefits of playing really good competition is going to outweigh fattening up on teams that you know you would win, you know, 99 out of 100 times against if you just show up and play. You can build the record up, but what does that do? This Tech team has aspirations to go far in the postseason. They're not just looking to get back to the tournament. They still feel like they disappointed last year. So I love the scheduling. I love being part of these highbrow tournaments with multiple NCAA regional teams. And that's what Coach DeMore has done. And and these ladies are going to be better because of it. And we'll see how it all plays out in the end. Um, I think people get caught up too much on the year before and, and don't, always understand because I can say this because I do it myself on what the current year means for that team right it's kind of like Carolina fan college basketball pundits based Carolina being number one in the country solely on the previous year which I guess you have to do when you're putting together those kind of polls who's coming back what did they do wow they're going to be really good but you see you have to wait for it to play out and I guarantee you coach DeMore has not uh rested on any laurels from last year. He's not buying in, go ahead and just automatically pencil us into the Super Regionals. No, he's got to get there. you got to get there with this team. Same thing with Coach Chef. Both teams are going to be very good. They're going to have really good years. The records may not be as gaudy as last year, especially on the softball side, but that doesn't mean they won't be essentially at some point maybe in a better spot than they were last year. Who knows? There's a lot of games to be played. But even with the three losses, I think that's the way to go about your early scheduling. You find out a lot about your team, and they were able to bounce back with a a win yesterday, the getaway day. And I think it says a lot about, well, obviously Tech Baseball had to replace some bats, but their offense, who they've added, I mean, that's going to be (laughs) – they're going to score a lot of runs. We're going to get into all this with Tim Thomas coming up. And I'm really pleased to see Alex Square get off to a great start. 
that's big for a new coaching staff to win two out of three like that. So good stuff happening on the diamonds, I think, for the most part. Radford softball had a couple of wins on the road in their tournament down in Statesboro, Georgia. Good stuff. Yeah, there you go. You just don't bounce back. Nice parallel, Texter says. Just like you don't bounce back from losing Kebe Aluma, same thing with Keeley Rochard. Yeah, you just don't automatically go out and say we're going to be better on the in the circle without Keeley Rochard. Uh, Rochard, because you're not. <laughs> it doesn't mean they can't be really good. It just means you can't expect the same kind of production out of the circle without arguably the best to ever do it at your school. Now, Kevin Aluma wasn't the best to ever do it at his school, but he was the best player on the basketball team last year. But you just can't assume and pencil things in until you see how the season shapes up unto itself. I mean, the only people who really can pencil things in in college sports, I guess Georgia and Alabama football, all right, we'll see if that holds true. But you certainly can't do it in college basketball. I mean, Carolina's already proven that. But we're going to have a fun, fun, fun postseason in college hoops. And I think I think the Tech women are going to make it really, really fun. I just, I don't know. They just seem like they've got it all in the right places right now. And it all starts at the top with Kenny Brooks. They don't assume anything. We had Georgia Amor on, and, and the thing I took from her was, yeah, what did she say? Something along the lines, we, have a, we know we have a lot of talent. We know we're good. I mean, she, she's not being arrogant at all. She's stating a fact. I look, she said, I look around the team, I know we're good. We're good. We're really good. But we have to go out and earn it every game. See, that you can't make players care. I think it's a very interesting point. You can coach them up. You can preach to them how important it is. You can bench them if they show they don't care, and usually that shows up on defense. But you can't ultimately make a player care the way you care or the way they need to care if they don't if they decide not to I don't think Kenny Brooks has to worry about that with any of his players they seem to care about it greatly in all the right ways and they played like it yesterday I mean they're not just beating these ranked teams in the ACC I mean they're leaving very little doubt took them a little while to get going yesterday but boy once they did they had the inside-out game going. Liz started dominating inside. See ya. Thank you so much for that broom, Wolfpack. We're going to sweep you right out of here. We'll see you in the ACC tournament. Tell you what, man, they are <laughs> – they get after it. They get after it. And I know one thing, 6,400 people there, that's going to be even bigger when they're hosting NCAA regionals, because they're going to be hosting NCAA regionals. 
All we're wondering now, and I'll talk to Tim Thomas about this, I think we're all wondering what the final seeding's going to be for Tech women's basketball. But they've got a shot, especially if they get those two games at home, depending on where they would go next. they got a real shot to go further than any team in the history of that women's basketball program. Sweet 16 right now for Bonnie Hendrickson. But that could be surpassed and then some by this group. Not trying to get ahead. Kenny Brooks would be mad at me. I know it's all about the next game. (laughs) But they're very good, and they're fun to watch. And we'll see about the men. How do they show up tomorrow night against Miami? How does Miami show up on the road? Miami's got a shot, I think, to really make a statement as well. And I'm wondering if those kids, you know, it's different. And here we're going to go back to the whole the cold question and answer. We've talked about this a lot. But Carolina, I think, I mentioned this in the open. I haven't gotten to it because we've been so busy with uh, textures and so forth. Whether you have to have a culture or winning first and how – I think, without a shadow of a doubt, and every coach that I've heard talk about it agrees, very few programs in the history of college basketball have a more winning tradition than North Carolina. They're one of the blue bloods for a reason. But you have a new coach. And go back, and I was just looking it up. When Roy Williams left Carolina that last season, as he was walking out the door, He said, somewhere along the way, I'm looking at it right now, we kind of lost our culture around this place. End quote. He sensed it. That, of course, he didn't want to deal with all the NIL and all the different uh, comings and goings with the portal. But he got out at the right time because this was no longer his air and no longer basketball that he understood. So... He made a great decision, and nobody begrudges him, and I hope Coach enjoys his retirement. He's a great guy. He's always talked to us whenever we played them and just been great. He invited me and Neil Leahy to his office and gave us water while he changed into his dress pants in front of us while he did the interview. He didn't care. He's that kind of guy. (laughs) Right? But he said that word, and it shows up. Carolina wins, right? They're a blue blood, man. They're one of the top four programs in the history of college basketball. Michael freaking Jordan. You name the the litany of just all-star players, NBA players, All-Americans. The culture on that team is horrible. Despite all that winning, despite the tradition, the culture on that team is terrible. The culture on Virginia Tech women's basketball team, I think, is as good as any team in the country right now. You can just see it. Next time we have Coach Brooks on, I'm going to ask him about that very thing. We had Brent Pry on Friday. And by the way, thank you so much. A lot of people uh, so complimentary about the uh, Brent Pry interview. Appreciate that. What did he say? Culture. How many times did that come up just in, uh, right? He just brought it up casual conversation, not trying to highlight it, just that's the word. We started talking about the the hunger drills, which, by the way, I was invited out to. You heard it. I'm going to have to go out there. Culture. Establishing our expectations, our culture. We haven't done that yet. We've only had one year. We're, we're putting it in now. Didn't say winning. said culture. 
Carolina's won. They won plenty. Duke's won plenty. You think the culture around either one of those basketball programs is where it needs to be? You watch Duke and Carolina play with all the talent they have? I mean, eyeballs are your best answer. You don't need to hear some pundit on TV try to tell you they know more about basketball than you. You don't need to hear some radio show talk host like me try to tell you how to think because you can think for yourselves and don't lie to your eyes. Your lies won't lie, your eyes won't lie to you. You watch teams play, they either pass the eyeball test or they don't. Tech women, they pass it with flying colors. It's like taking Mario Adrenity to a high school driver's education class. And then you watch Carolina and Duke play and you wonder what in the world happened. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. More coming up here on the finally, I'm sorry, the uh, Power Hour on this Monday edition. We've heard the other guys. And frankly, we've heard enough. Now shut that door and get the hell out of here. The grown-ups are talking, so sit down and listen. Yeah, that's right. Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson returns next on the WRAD Talk Network. Just had a nice call from Richard. He listens almost every morning. From way, way, way down the road near Abington. Complimenting the Brent Pry interview and asked me the question. I asked Richard before I went on. I said, I'm going to mention your name. Is this cool? He said, sure. He said, do you think Brent Pry is going to get it done at Tech? I tell you what. I do. I do. And I'll tell you why. Because I think this goes unsaid too much. You have a lot of first-time coaches that come into jobs and they don't act like they're first-time head coaches, right? They come in thinking they know everything. Or even if you've had a coach that's been a head coach somewhere and they come to a place they don't really understand, they think they know everything. And no matter what's happened before, it's going to be what I want to do at all times and I'm going to ignore everything around it. Or I come into a situation, and even though I haven't been a head coach, well, I'm going to ignore everything around it. Brent Pry understands this is why I think they're going to be a success. One of the main reasons. He understands he's a first-time head coach. He was here. He has talked about everything he's learned. He talked about it with me on Friday, everything he's learned and his staff and what year two meant before they were doing anything, even with this recruiting hall they brought in. They sat down as coaches and broke down strengths and weaknesses going back. He talked about his, right? This is what I didn't think I did so well. I needed – what did he say on Friday? It was great. He said – I felt like it really needed to be that way with me with my hands on the defense first year. That was my plan all along, new coordinator. I love the way he put that. And he said, so I did that. I thought it was important, but maybe I didn't realize how much it was going to take away from the other elements of being a head coach that I needed to be. Self-awareness, Richard. Brent Price had it from day one. The guy before him, didn't have it one minute of one day that he was here in Blacksburg. Sorry, it's just a fact. 
So, yes, for that reason, that's why I really have a lot of confidence. One of the main reasons. He's constantly trying to improve and figure out, okay, this didn't work so well, so how about we do this? And he's trusting his co- his uh, coordinators now in year two because they're a year in, and now he can go be the overseer he needs to be. And for that reason alone, I think you're going to see a huge, huge jump in a lot of different areas from this team, even more so maybe even than the talent flux they brought in. Everybody's more comfortable in their roles. Tim Thomas joins us next. Stay with us. Text messages, you can keep those coming in, 744-2999. Joining us now on the program, the creator and editor of the Tech Lunch Bell, Tim Thomas joins us. Tim, how are you? Good morning. Rick, I'm doing great. Hope you are as well. Yeah, man, good to hear from you as always. Man, we got a lot to get to from a tech perspective uh, from the weekend and beyond. Um, first of all, uh, the men, they um, as expected because they were favored, they beat Pitt. Uh, still a long way to go, but another chance to improve that resume tomorrow against Miami. First of all, just go back to the game, Tim. What did you like best about the Hokies' performance against the Panthers? Well, I think it was just a resilient performance at the end of the day. I mean, the bounce back in that way, it's a pit team that's been, you know, red hot. One six straight going into that game. Um, to have the resilience to bounce back in that way, um, it's significant. And you look at a guy like Elijah Poteet. I mean, he was doing his best, uh, for those who remember uh, – early, mid-2000s pit. Uh, it seemed like he might have been doing his Dewan Blair impression. Um, so this time it was Pitt who had to deal with it. Um, I mean, he was huge in this game, um, really, off the bench. We haven't seen a lot of Poteet of late, um, you know, and this was a big-time performance from him, a step up in this way, in this moment. Um, and he could do this. I mean, that's the, phys- the physicality he brings. Uh, yes, he's 6'8". He's a 6'8 big, but he's a 260-pound big man. He is a big man <laughs> in, in the truest definition of big. And so I think we saw that on full display. And, you know, that Lynn kid, we didn't see much of. But when Poteet's playing like that, well, you're not going to see a lot of Lynn kid, even though Lynn kid's a very careful. It's shown to be probably the better of the backups over the, over the overall sense. But, like I said, big time from Poteet. Um, the, the interior continues to be the strength offensively of this team. Um, we saw it again. But you, when you're hitting enough threes and you're getting enough elsewhere, and you're just playing at home. At the end of the day, there's something to be said about playing at home. When, you're, when your sight lines are comfortable and you're familiar with everything, when you have a packed Castle Coliseum rocking for you. I mean, look, this team went healthy with Hunter Couture at home. It's only lost once to Boston College, which I don't think anyone can still explain how – Tech is 0-5 under Mike Young against Boston College. I, I still am lost for words on that one. I, that's still, I, I haven't figured out any sort of commonality. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, when this team's playing at home, they are a much better team. I don't know why they've struggled so much on the road this year. Um, it's kind of mind-boggling 
the Jekyll and Hyde nature of this team, home and in true road games. I mean, they've played well, fairly well in neutral site games this year, um, which you would think would have helped them gear up for some of the things, especially some of the environments that, you know, aren't so great. Uh, playing in the tournament or you're beating a, beating a team like a Penn State, beating an Old Dominion in a grinder of a game, but yeah, beating Oklahoma State up in the Barclays. Um, you know, it's yeah, it, it just it's just kind of mind-boggling. Boggling. Tech struggles um, away from Castle Coliseum, um, even against you know they're not very good of the ACC. Um, so. But big win at home, that just shows like a lot of resilience, a lot of character. And look, Tech still might have a chance to get to a top-nine seed in the ACC tournament. they got a lot got to go right, um, and it's far from their control. But they still might have a chance. And if they want to win the ACC tournament, you better not be playing on Tuesday because if you are, uh, I, I, that's just going to be really tough when you have to play a, a team that is fresh three straight days before you get to the semis. Well, that's that's the thing too. I mean, I agree. I I think the talent wise, when they're on, if they could be the Tech team at home every game, then my goodness, watch out ACC. But as they had to deal with Hunter Couture out, now that Maddox isn't with the team anymore, I mean, they've had to deal with that as well. I mean, you have these things going on, and I know it's not an excuse that Mike Young will use, but that's still an adjustment, right? And that's why these guards are having to play so many minutes, which means you kind of wear down through the course of a game, but. Grant Basile, uh, to me, Tim, has really just, uh, ever since he got challenged, I couldn't put my finger on the game that it was. Remember the game Mike Young kind of mentioned that he went to Grant and said, we need a little bit more? Well, he has exploded since then, and uh, he is right now Virginia Tech's best player. It's fun to watch him right now. Yeah, offensively, he's been dynamite. I would definitely say offensively. Defensively, you can make probably a couple arguments a couple different ways, but offensively, he's undoubtedly been – Virginia Tech's best player. And so um, it's been really impressive to watch him go to work. And the versatility, the skill set he has, I mean, he's such a skilled offensive scorer. Yeah. He can do it from inside with some great post moves, or he'll play through contact. He can get it done beyond the arc. And we're seeing what, like I said, we saw earlier in which is a really highly skilled offensive player. And he's found a stride, and he's putting up big-time numbers. Um, we see it again. I mean, with him and Justin Mutz, who, you know, can do, we all know Mutz is the level of play he brings to the table. I mean, this is a very – I mean, that's part – that's where the secret of this team, I don't think anyone would have seen, expected going into this year, that what Tech did in the paint would be the driver of this offense and not from beyond the arc. But Grant Bazzilli is playing extremely well. I know uh, – one of my writers, Will Lockland, did a great piece on Pazilli and why he's been playing so well after he had his 33 back-to-back 33-point games last week, three or the previous week. Um, and it's impressive what Grant Pazilli has done, the rhythm he's found, the form he's in. Uh, the guy's on a tear right now, and you let those guys go, and you hope that ride goes as long as it can. And uh, that's the reality right now. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, a lot of old school, ba- old school big man post up basketball with some modern player with his ability to stretch the floor and stretch five. Tim Thomas joins us on the program. He is the creator and editor of the Tech Lunch Pail. Well, switching over to the ladies' side, uh, Tim, I'm just going to say it. I don't think there's a team in the ACC any better right now than Virginia Tech, and they showed it again. 
Georgia Amor wasn't shooting great early. She kind of adjusted, but she throws out 11 assists. Then you get a double-double from Liz again. I mean, Kenny Brooks has kept this team focused. When we had Georgia on the show, she talked about that. They never assume a result, right? They go out there and they play hard. And this team right now, to me, I mean, they look like a Final Four team. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree with you, Rick. I, this team is playing on an insane level right now. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that the buy-in is there on so many levels in terms of Blacksburg and everything. I mean, you have 6,400 fans yesterday inside Castle. And the thing is, that will not be the largest crowd of the year because there are going to, there are going to be NCAA tournament games played at Castle Coliseum this year. Right. Uh, Tech is basic. I mean, they can drop, they might be able to lose the final, the, the final two and their opener in the ACC tournament. Um, and still hosts for a second round game. There's a very good chance they probably call it a four seed, but this is a team that's looking at two or three uh, with the way they're playing. I mean, they've won six straight now by double digits. This team is on an absolute tear. Kitley, look, a lot of teams early on did well. They kind of try to limit Kitley's touches and kind of throw off and therefore throw Tech off their game. That's not happening anymore. Tech is adapted. Tech is adjusted. Uh, Georgia Amor is playing at extremely high level. Both of those guys, both of those girls are going to be uh, all ACC. Yeah. Taylor Sewell's making a case with the way, if you watch the way she plays, she maybe not doesn't have the biggest numbers, but she's an all ACC player. Kayana Trailer's point was Deja Gray has been phenomenal off the bench. Um, and Kayla King continues to be a sharp shooter. I mean, that six woman rotation has been fantastic. This team is starting to realize the fullness of the ceiling. Um, and we're seeing in that they are the best team in the agency right now. And I agree with you, Rick. It, it's, and I'm not sure if it's particularly close after the way they, they uh, beat Duke. Um, I think it's between them and Duke. If you want to say a challenger, it's probably Duke. Maybe Notre Dame as well, though their loss to Derek Avery certainly hurts. Um, but a couple big games obviously take care of business, but this seems to be a 2 seed all set and done. This team is going to be the favorite when they go to Greensboro. Um, Coming up here, not coming up here in a couple weeks um, before the men's tournament. Women's tournament kickoff, a couple of exciting weeks in Greensboro. And this team's going to be likely double by and should be the favorite um, when we get there um, in Greensboro. So it's phenomenal what this team is doing. And the thing is, if Kenny Brooks can find a way to get Ashley Wusu going and, get, and find a way to get her, I guess, 100%, 100% confident and just comfortable in, in the rotation again um, and playing near, even just near that All-American level that she's been at, holy cow, this team's got another year still. And that's a terrifying thing for, I think, the country. Is Tech still has another year they can kick in. Um, this team can absolutely get to the Final Four. Now, like every team in America who is in a one seed, you're going to be praying that South Carolina is not in your region. But if... You know, there's only several, there's only a, a select group of teams in the country that, when they're playing their best, might just have a chance to upset South Carolina if, if South Carolina isn't on form. Virginia Tech is one of those teams the way they're playing right now. Um, like I said, and, and I think part of it's they go on these big offensive runs. We saw in the second quarter yesterday. They go on these big offensive runs. And they don't give up much, or they if they do, they bounce back immediately and make sure it's minimized. Um, that That is a sign of a great team. And they're doing all this against, I mean, high-level basketball teams. Right, right. Really good team, dude, at Florida State and NC State. And they're doing this against in this high-level stretch that going in was like, this is going to be a moment here see how good this team is. 
Tim Five Thomas. straight games against ranked teams, and they're four down. Yeah, right. Tom, yeah. Tim Thomas joining us on the program from the Tech Lunch Pail. All right, we're jumping around to the stick and ballers now. Uh, Radford, um, Virginia Tech baseball, they lost the opener to Charleston, but a nice bounce back. Winning that series, that's important to go on the road and do that. Going to score a lot of runs, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> Coach Chef's team's going to put up a lot of numbers. <laughs> You're going to see a lot of runs. And yes. There's still a lot of bats, count of bats. And even with Jack Hurley not going to put up crazy, you know, high of, you know, batting averages or DMARC. Guys were productive. Carson Jones. I mean, one guy you look farther down, the freshman Garrett Michelle. He was hit. They hit like 400 over the weekend, or 500 or something. Had a great opening weekend. I mean, that's a that's a freshman. I mean, you can't just bring in guys. The transfers like Brian and Canizaro. Uh, you got Brody Donay, another freshman making a starting catcher on Sunday. Um, I mean, they just Eddie Eiser started first base to transfer. I mean, they're just finding guys and making an impact. I mean, they're just finding guys, four guys, and it's just turning them in and out. Uh, it's tremendous. Um, it's tremendous talent development. And like I said, this offense kicked itself in the gear after a slow start in the opener. Um, you know, it's solid pitching. You know, Anthony Argulas, uh, you're going to want a little more from Griffin Green and Drew Hacksburg to get deeper into the game. But the thing is, I think John Sheff feels very comfortable with what he has in the bullpen. He feels he has good depth in the bullpen. We saw on Sunday with a couple guys, Umberger and Griffin Steed, the freshman who we haven't seen before. Uh, Umberger's been around, but not been a key guy. Look at how they play. And like I said, Jonah Herney in the first game, you know, Nikita Higgins come in, uh, didn't work out the best, but there's still plenty of talent there. You know, you have those guys at Henry Weicker coming in for Hackenberg on Saturday. 11, I think he had 10 or 11 strikeouts in four and a yeah, third innings yeah. in relief. I mean, just, a, just an insane performance from him uh, out of the 10. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about what you're seeing from Tech Baseball. And Charleston's a good team. That's a good team. They are. Uh, two out of three. You can take that. And now, you know, I assume there'll be a formal unveiling of their uh, Super Regional, region Super Regional, winning their regional last year um, out there on Tuesday for the ETSU game. Um, which, by the way, I, I you know, I know they got the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series up one of those games up to Thursday when it's supposed to be 80, 75, 80 degrees. Um, you get pumped one of those games up. I, I, might, <laughs> I know it's impossible to travel logistics, but maybe just maybe bump one of those games up because it's going to be gorgeous on Thursday. Absolutely. At least on Thursday, even though they're not playing baseball, it's going to feel like baseball weather. I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap up the weekend. Uh, softballers, now they had some tough results uh, down in Florida, but you know what? I like that approach, playing those type of teams, teams that are going to be fellow regional opponents. I mean, Tech will be there. Talk about what you saw out of them. I mean, again, they're going to have to have a little bit of an adjustment in the circle without Keeley, but they found out that uh, they're not as far away maybe as they thought taking on the kind of competition they did with Oklahoma State, which was an absolute slugfest, UCLA, and then Arizona. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's disappointing to go two and three. And it was surprising some of the pitching decisions to see Lemley go against Nebraska against instead of Oklahoma State that day. Um, see pre patch start that game against, Air, uh, against UCLA. Um, but some of that's, you know, I think Pete is, you know, like I said, trying to test this team and also put Lindsey Grind, the freshman, and, and let her face some really tough competition, uh, you know, early on and learn the bounce back. I mean, I think we saw it with how Grind pitched so much better when she came in for Bree Pack in, um, in the UCLA game after having a tough day prior to against Oklahoma State, trying to grow some resilience, 
even more. And Lemley obviously did what she did against Nebraska, you know, and against USF was strong. And it's pretty good against Arizona, too. It's good against Arizona as well, uh, but it's a defeat in that one. I think one thing you have to be encouraged by is the Tech offense. The Tech bats have looked better so far this year, and that continued this weekend. Um, not perfect, but Tech's offense, even if Tech's pitching may not be as good overall this year, in terms of having Keely Rochard, the Lemley looks very good still. And Rye continues to show tons of potential as a true freshman. Um, I think the bats look, are, are stronger. I mean, you have a great core that's only gotten older and more experienced. A Bree Peck, Cameron Fagan, Emma Ritter, Jamie Bailey. Um, that, you know, Pete DeMore is not, you know, he's, he's mixing in guys. If he thinks someone's not performing, he's going to make, make a change. And you're seeing with Addie Green getting a lot of points by Madison Hansen. Uh, getting a lot of at-bats earlier this season. Uh, Keegan Drunk, the freshman shortstop, has looked pretty good. Kelsey Bennett, the veteran, obviously continues to play fairly well as well. So, you know, you look at, like I said, this offense is showing a lot of signs of improvement. Um, grind is, you know, showing growth in terms of getting tested again by tough competition. You're going to, you guess what, that's going to happen when you're playing the ACC, uh, when you're facing Florida State and Clemson and Duke. Um, and this battle that the ACC has become with is a strong top four in the conference. Um, and so it's good to get tested like this. And then they'll head to Austin this week um, for a few games, including a couple against Texas, which, by the way, uh, who knew the Longhorn Network was still a thing? If no, you no. Did it, <laughs> no. If you want to watch Texas softball <laughs> this weekend, you're going to have to find the Longhorn Network, which, um, yeah, that thing's not dead. Uh, it will die once the SEC, once they join the SEC, but in the meantime, that thing's still not dead. And that's kind of unbelievable. Um, that's still kind of unbelievable in a sports media sense. But good weekend overall. By the way, I don't know if we're going to handle this, but Tech Wrestling takes care of missing at UVA, uh, claims a share of the ACC regular season title. Can Tech win the ACC tournament? They haven't won the tournament in a few years now. Can they go down and take it away from NC State? This team might be as well built for a tournament-type format um, this year as any Tech team has been in a few years. So... Well, it's going to be a lot to keep track of, and you guys will do a great job of it, as always, over at the Lunch Pail. Thanks so much, Tim. I appreciate you, man. Have a great week. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Ricky. And spring football's coming up. I know. I know. The busy, busy time of year. Uh, We think November gets busy with the start of basketball season, but this time, we've got a lot of good teams in a lot of places, and, uh, and the biggest showcase sports are still going on as well. Um, yeah, it's a hectic time. Yeah, I know. And Coach Pry was on with us Friday, and he got a lot of people excited. So, yeah, we'll have to get into all that, too, because there's a lot of good things shaping up for that football team in the spring. Man, stay safe. We look forward to following oh, yeah. you guys on the lunch pail. Appreciate it, Rick. There you go. That's uh, Tim Thomas joining us on the program. Quick break. Coming back. We're wrapping it up on a busy Monday. After this, hope you're well wherever you might be. Good stuff from Tim. I mean, this Tech women's team's the real deal. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. Good way to get started. Ah, sorry, Leo. All right, great stuff today, everybody. I want to thank uh, Marva and Tim Thomas tomorrow. Mike Burnup scheduled to join us. Jermaine Farrell, David Smith. Thanks for listening, everybody. Everybody enjoy your day. Thanks, as always, for making us part of your morning, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuesday edition. Take care, everybody. Stay safe.
of us here at News Center 4. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.